Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 19, a great little companion show for another we did recently, uh, one really suited to this time of year as we tend to look back at all the overindulgences of the festive season just past and figure out how to trim that waistline to get in shape or tighten our belts financially. Now, in this episode, as you might expect, we're rather more looking at the second example as we concentrate today on clearing Christmas debts. More on that in just a moment. By the way, if you've only just found us, first of all, thank you for doing that. And after you finish this one, you can jump into our previous episodes and have a proper binge, any order you like. Uh, the episode before last, we were bill busting, trying to save you money on the stuff you pay for every month. And the couple before that were to do with mortgages. And there are loads more in our library. They all work as standalone features, but make sure you have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be really grateful. Oh, and hit subscribe as well. Then that way you get the new episodes as soon as they drop and you'll be right up to date. All importantly, this podcast is absolutely free. So we're off to a flyer on how to save money. Now for our back catalogue of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of the show. It's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How's things? Very good, thank you. Now, a few weeks back in our first show of 2021, we looked at something similar, and I said there it would make a good companion show for this one coming up. It was podcast 17, How to Save Money on Your Bills. And you can grab that, like I say, anytime uh, from our back catalogue. But that one is more about making savings uh, on everyday bills. This is specifically on clearing debt just after the Christmas period. If, for example, maybe you put a bit extra spend on credit cards and the like to try and make things that little bit more special at the end of what was a honking year. Um, Phil, I assume that's why this time of year tends to be a time when traditionally people look at ways of dealing with debt because they, they push that boat out at Christmas. Is, you often find that, that people... They, they love to make a New Year's resolution to say, right, I want to, to sort out my finances and, and can I get back on track? Um, so there'll be a lot of people in that boat at the moment still. But you, you do, you tend to find that Christmas almost every year seems to become more expensive and people are building up more debt on their, their credit cards. It, it kinda, I thought this would be a good topic this week just to, to go through because a lot of the, the credit card bills will be coming in mm. around about now after Christmas time and I know a lot of people are <laughs> Mine's just getting wheeled up to the door as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is. It, it is. It's a, so it's a, a good time of year to look at things, but also it is a lot of people have probably not overspent, but Christmas is becoming a lot more expensive yeah. each year these days. And even if you haven't overspent, I think it's, it, you know, this time of year, it's it's one of those, everyone, you know, they talk about resolutions and starting fresh. So everyone's still going to the gym or whatever at this point, or I hope you haven't fallen off that bandwagon yet. And and people make resolutions to uh, do better in their work life. They've got their diaries out. They're trying to be uh, super organized. And this falls into that category as well. Uh, presumably, um, there are a few options to look at here, and it'll depend on a number of factors about the size of the debt as well as, a few things about yourself, like your income and your credit score, Phil. Definitely. I mean, the, the, you're right. I mean, the size of the debt is something that, that's important. So we'll, we'll look at some of the different options depending on, on that size of debt. But um, you're right. Things like what income have you got coming in? Credit rating is a, a big one as well. But you, you do have options, even with people that's maybe had 
bad credit. There are companies that will maybe consider, for example, personal loans still in that circumstance. You tend to find if, if your credit's not so good, the interest rates available will tend to go up where there may not be so many options mm. available in that circumstances either. Okay, take us through the pros and cons then, Phil, uh, how we might deal with clearing debt. There are a few things on the market. What do you want to start with? There's quite a lot of different options. Um, you, you tend to find a, a lot of people will rack up debt on credit cards just now. Mm. Now, you tend to find credit cards, the, the downside with that is that the interest rates can can often be quite low. But one, one option you've got is the, there are companies out there that will allow you to do what's called a balance transfer. So you can move your debt from one credit card company to another. Now, in the past, you, you used to be able to do this, I would say, we'd say relatively easily, but you, you didn't want to do it too often because the more you do it, every time you take out a credit card, they'll do credit checks. So that will affect your credit score and credit right. rating. But it is possible to look at moving your debt from one company to another. Now, the one thing that's changed compared to a few years back is that companies tend to charge a fee mm. for doing that. So, so at the moment, for example, what one of the companies does not percent on balance transfers for 25 months, and you've no fee also on purchases for, for three months. Now, the good thing with that is that you're, you're not paying any interest, so you're actually physically paying the debt back. The downside is that after the initial period, you're looking at the rate being about 20%, so yeah. it, it's a really high rate at, at that point. But the, the companies will charge a fee these days for transferring the balance. Um, so on that particular card, the fee is 2.85%. So it's, it can be quite a hefty kind of fee that you're paying. But then you might think, right, if I have that and I look to pay it back over like the interest-free period, try and eat into that debt and get as much of it paid back during that time. So th there is a cost to do the balance transfers these days, whereas that did used to be something where there was no charge in, in years yeah. gone by. Yeah. Typically, it's around 3% or something like that, isn't it? It's, it, yeah. it tends to be you, you about 3% the balance. I know. That, that tends to be the... I mean, it ranges. I mean, some companies have got fees at 1.5%. You've got right. ones that will do... That there's one that does 0.49%. But what you'll find is that they won't give you such a long uh -huh. they, they might only do it, say, 0% for 18 months or 16 months. So there, there tends to be a lot of different options out what's, there on the, the credit cards. What's to stop you at the end of – so that one that you used as an example there, I think, was two – well, 25 months, two years. So two years from the start of, you know, this year. And um, what's to stop you at the end of that period? If you've been paying off – on a regular basis, and you haven't been accruing interest because it's interest-free, what's the stop you saying, well, okay, uh, here's me coming up to the end of my two years, I'll go and I'll move this to another credit card and we'll keep doing the same thing. Okay, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll pay a little bit extra to transfer it, but we'll keep doing the same thing after that. That is, is something you can do as long as your credit score permits it and the companies are happy for you to do that. What you've got to watch, though, is like on, on that first one that I mentioned, 0% for 25 months, and it's 0% on purchases for three months. But what you've got to, to remember is that a lot of these companies, they want people spending on their cards. And we, you've got to be disciplined not to take out more debt, because if you then end up using that card for buying things, they'll then pay more interest on that side of it so it is it, i would say if you're looking to do a balance transfer on a credit card 
try not to use it going forward. I, I've actually got two cards. There's one, I, I normally pay mine off every month, but I've got two. So if I did want to have a balance on one, I could have it on one. Um, and on the other card, I can use that each month and then pay it back each month. But I guess I'm in a fortunate position that I usually tend to pay it back each month, but not everybody's going to be in that that position. So try not to, to rack up more debt on them is, is what I would say on the, mm. the credit cards. Okay, uh, that's credit cards. What would be next on your list? Another option that you've got is the to look at a personal loan. Um, okay. You can normally borrow, per- personal loans are available. Usually you can borrow up to uh, normally about 25,000 and the term can range. Some providers will, will let you take out a term of maybe five, six, seven years. The longer you pay it back, the cheaper your payments are going to be. But you've got to be aware that the longer you pay any debt back, the more interest you're likely to pay because it's taken out over a a longer period. So personal loans, you can generally tend to take them out with a a period of, some companies will do a maximum of five years, some will do um, up to seven. On on personal loans, you'll find the interest rates are likely to be better than that on credit cards. So you can get loan rates where the APR is, is maybe about under 3% at the moment. So the personal loan rates have come down a wee bit, eh? But um, there's there's kind of pros and cons. I mean, the, the good thing is, you know, for a set period, you're paying a debt back over a, a certain time. With, with personal loans, you can go on uh, some of the comparison websites. I'll tell you who's got the best rates. The only thing I would say on, on there is they've got some companies that pay to promote their products. So they often come up at the, the top rather than who's got the best um, interest mm. rates out there. If you have a problem with your credit, it might be worth trying your own bank, first of all. And if they won't do it, there are companies out there that will do loans for people who have got kind of bad credit. But the downside, the, another thing you might be able to do is you, you also get guarantor loans. Um, and they're sometimes designed for people with poor or limited credit. They, they're like a standalone loan, except um, if you're accepted, somebody else is guaranteeing that should you not pay it so there may be options you tend to find the poorer your credit the higher the interest rate's going to go Mm. i mean there was one that i was looking at for for someone not long ago and jeepers the the apr on that it was like 48.5 percent so it just it can be really kind of expensive yeah You, you mentioned there that the interest rate on a personal loan uh, tends to be often better than that of a credit card. And I, I was I was sitting there sort of daydreaming, well, if I know I'm going to spend a little bit extra at Christmas time, should I then try and, and be sensible about it, go for a personal loan in advance and say, look, I want to borrow £3,000 because I'm going to go push the boat out uh, and then I'll pay it off over five years. Does that, does that make sense? Or would I not even get a personal loan for Christmas? Yeah, I mean, it, I've seen some people do it. I guess you, you want to try and not spend out with your means. That's yeah. the thing. And one, one website that I use, there's a website called Credit Karma. I, I go on there and regularly check my credit report. It tells you your, your credit score as well. And the, the benefit of doing that is you, you can have a look and see. That, that'll list all the different things that you've got. But they, companies like that, it's always worth checking your credit report to make sure everything that is accurate but if, if you know what your credit score is you can then apply for loans based on on your score so if, if you've got a really bad credit rating 
then your options are going to be more limited and the interest rates are, are going to be higher. That's the, the downside. Just briefly on, on credit score, I know this isn't specifically on credit score, but do you just find out, when, if you try to find out what your credit score is like, do you just find out whether it's sort of good or bad or you know terrible or great? Or do you get, an, is there a, a magic number? They do, they, they'll give you, an, I mean, some companies do a credit search. So they're actually looking at what you've got and, and your history of paying it back. Some will do what's called a credit score. So it usually goes in a rating of, of zero to, to 800. Most people, like on average, if, if you're above sort of like 650, 700, it's going to be okay. But that's the, the information that the companies will look. On, on that, the likes of that credit karma, it actually tells you, do you have like a good, average, excellent score? And, and then it'll give you a good idea. If you're good or excellent, there's a good chance you're going to be able to get credit at good terms. Whereas if your credit rating is poor, then it's going to be more difficult and you'll probably find the interest rates are, are going to be higher. Okay, just to recap then, we've talked about um, credit card balance transfers and then personal loans. I'm, I'm guessing this is a sort of incremental step. So perhaps you start off with balance transfers and maybe if you can't pay them all back, then you move on to a personal loan to try and clear that debt. Yeah. Where do we go after that? If, if you know, it's over the 25, I think you said was the maximum. For Other loans. options. Um, if you've got, if you're a homeowner, that, that gives you a few more options as well. You, you were touching on about credit ratings. I think that'd probably be a good subject for, for next week's show. Yeah. Okay. Um, say, right. How can you improve your, your yeah. credit score and credit rating? So, so we'll, we'll do that one next week. If, if you're a homeowner, you, you've got some more options available to you. They, there's what's called secured loans. So that, that's where you can take out a loan. And it's actually it's almost like a, a second mortgage that you can take out on your, your property. You tend to find the interest rates on them can be a wee bit higher. It's not so much the rates, it's the fees that you sometimes have to pay if you're taking out a secured loan, I, I know companies that, are, uh, that arrange these and they charge a fee of up to 10% of the amount that you borrow, which is real hefty there. So um, that, again, that, that gets applied to you, the total that you're borrowing then, does it? Yeah. So let, let's say you were taking out a secured loan of 30,000. You're maybe cleaning some debts, doing a bit of home improvements. What, what you'll find is you, you might have a three grand fee. Now, what they do is they'll add that to the, the debt. So it's paid over usually on a mortgage, a longer period. Mm. So it makes it look quite cheap, but that sort of fees, they are quite, it's quite expensive really. But it's an option. Some some people, you, you tend to find the secured loan companies. Again, if someone's maybe had a few debt issues in the past, or if they maybe don't, if they're a bit tight on income, the secured loan companies tend to be a bit more lenient than a mortgage company would be if, if, if you were looking at maybe remortgaging. Um, that, that's another option that I'll touch on in a moment. Mm. But you, you've also got, the, there's options to look at maybe a secured loan. But if you're a homeowner, you can also look at maybe like a further advance on your mortgage or even the option to, to remortgage and move your mortgage debt from one lender to another. But at the same time, look to, to borrow a bit for, for consolidating debts as well. Okay, on that secured loans uh, thing, Phil, just before we move on to the remortgage or the further advance, yeah. it occurs to me that um, whoever is giving you the, the secured loan is going to want you to sort of go the distance because they're making more and more money the longer you're paying off that loan. Yeah. Presumably, there are some sort of penalties if, for instance, you said it was secured on your house. So That's let's right. say you, you go to sell your house and you think, great, I'll pay back this loan. 
is there going to be something that hits you at that point? There, there used to be, in, in, in years gone by, the, the companies could charge quite hefty penalties for coming out of a secured loan early, um, but they did change that. Now, I cannot remember off the top of my head exactly what it is, but they are only allowed to charge you so many days interest now right. if you repay it early. So that was one good thing that, that did come out. Um, a year or two ago. But before you get into anything like that, it's definitely worth checking all that sort of clauses that, that might be there. The other downside about, and this goes for the secured loans, but also like further advances and remortgages, which we'll touch on in a few moments. But if you're securing debt against your home, that's putting your home at risk if you yeah. don't pay that debt back. Whereas with a personal loan, if you don't pay it, the consequences are not going to be so so drastic. I mean, that mm-hmm. would affect your credit rating and maybe ability to get credit in the future. But if you don't pay a secured loan or don't pay a mortgage or a further advance, any debt that's secured against your house, if you don't repay it, that's going to put your, your home at risk. Okay. The further advances and the remortgages, the things that, that cross my mind about that are, I would imagine the older you get, in other words, the less time that you have to work and pay off a mortgage, it's going to count against you slightly, isn't it? Yeah, that would affect the affordability. I mean, the, the older you are, generally, the less time you'll have to, to pay it back. So, so you're definitely right there. You'll find with, with a further advance or an additional loan from your, your existing mortgage company, the interest rates are, are likely to be quite competitive. Um, same on remortgaging. There's some really great rates for, for people moving their mortgage from one lender to another just now. What, what you've got to watch, though, is you, you may well get a great interest rate. But like I mentioned earlier, the longer you take that debt over, you could end up paying back more in the long run. But where it is handy is for cutting your bills. So if, if you thought, right, I want to try and cut my outgoings now, it's a it is a good option to consider mm. as well. A lot of companies will let you add debts on. I think at the moment you can borrow up to about eighty five or ninety percent of the the value of your property if you're doing a, a remortgage. And they'll allow you to con- some lenders will allow you to consolidate debts in that. The secured loans that we mentioned earlier, they will consider you borrowing up to a hundred percent of your property value. So that gives you a wee bit more scope to borrow more on that. But like I say, the fees on a secured loan are likely to be a lot higher than they are mm. than if you're doing a further advance additional borrowing within your existing lender or looking at, at remortgaging. So again, looking at this on, on, on possibly sort of um, incremental step basis, you start off with your, your credit card balance transfers, personal loans, then maybe as opposed to a secured loan, it sounds like you, you're pointing in the direction of either a further advance or a remortgage. And a secured loan is sort of the, not the last resort, but the one that you wouldn't want to touch if you could possibly. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you might find, let, let's say you're on a, a two-year fixed rate mortgage and there's penalties to come out of that early. People might think, right, what could I do? I'll maybe go for a, a further advance or a secured loan. Um, if, if you're remortgaging, that's one thing to be aware of is that you, you want to try and avoid any early repayment charges you might have on your existing mortgage. So that, that's an important factor as well there to, to take into account. If someone's got quite a lot of debt, I, I would certainly encourage them to speak to someone that specialises in, in debts or or maybe if, they, if they're if they a homeowner, uh, maybe speak to a mortgage broker and see what options they, they can look at. They, they'll be able to give you an, like a personalised illustration of, of the different options. If, if someone's really struggling with debts, um, that's when they want to to 
look at taking sort of advice from from a specialist as well. But the, the one thing I would say is don't bury your heart head in the sand, you, you want to kind of look and say, right, what options are there available for me out there and, and see. And, and hopefully this podcast will just give people an idea, some of the things like options for credit cards, loans, secured loans, maybe doing a, a remortgage, a further advance. There's a lot of different things that, that you can consider if you're struggling with debts at this time of year. Just uh, on the on the differences between the further advance on a mortgage and a, a remortgage, just in case this isn't absolutely sort of hit you in the face sort of obvious i am assuming the the further in advance mortgage means you're staying with the lender that you cur- currently have and yeah. the remortgage is if you're moving to another lender so presumably yeah. there'll be an incentive to move to another lender that you know they'll be trying to pull you in with something yeah they, they'll sometimes give you a, a lower interest rate to begin with to try and get you to switch if you move mortgage from one lender to another there's usually legal work involved and Lenders will generally require a survey to be done, but they they'll a lot of the lenders will cover the costs of that. Mm. A good mortgage broker would weigh up and say, right, can your existing lender, can we get a better deal with them? And if you're looking to borrow more, can we get any additional lending from them? So a, a good mortgage broker would consider that, but then also consider, right, what if we move your whole mortgage to another bank or building society? Um, so it's good to, to weigh up all the, the different options thousands of different mortgages out there. Um, and that's why I always, I'm a great advocate for um, speaking to a mortgage broker or a financial advisor that does mortgages. You, you can find them, I mean, if, if you type in your location and mortgage broker Aberdeen or mortgage broker Glasgow, it'll come up with, with a lot. Uh, a website that I've used a lot in the past is a, a website called unbiased.co.uk. Um, they've got quite a lot of them listed on on there as well. So um I would, if you're a homeowner, I would certainly say if you're looking to, to consolidate debts, it's worth considering all the options. I mean, look at, yeah, consider, do I take out a personal loan to do that? Some people have got several personal loans that they, they want to consolidate. So it is, I mean, the, the debts are not just like debts built up over Christmas. For some people, it's debts that's been built up over years yeah, or, or you know, change sudden changes in circumstances. For instance, if if one you know if you're living in a in a household where one p- person can no longer work because of of uh, a situation, or they've lost their job because of yeah. redundancy, I suppose that you can rack up quite a bit of debt in that that sort of scenario as well. I think that's that's probably pretty much it in terms of of what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, covers just a, a few options like loans, credit cards remortgaging, further advances, secured loans. There's a lot of different different things out there. Again, with financial products, I know when someone starts talking to me about numbers, I just, I, unless it's you, Phil, I have to say, yeah. I normally start sort of glazing over. Um, the best advice is always is, is to go and find a financial advisor who will sit down and sort of hold you by the hand and take you through it. Yeah, Definitely. Each week, um, so far as we've covered various topics on the podcast, Phil has given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by some of the subjects that we've been discussing. Have you got an experience here, Phil? Uh, I've called it on clearing Christmas debt, but on on debt at all, really? Well, I've I've kind of been there and done it over the years. I've had to remortgage my house to pay off debts. Um, I remember going back... My oldest son is 16 now and, and probably going back maybe about 15 years ago, I, I remember having to remortgage. I, I think at that point I had about £30,000 unsecured debt. Um, I, I was very fortunate that 
I remortgaged, added it onto my mortgage. So that went up. But where I was lucky was that back then, house prices were rocketing. So I think my house went up in value for about 60,000 to 90,000 within about two years. And I, I was very fortunate. And I know house prices at the moment haven't been going up anything like what they used to in, in those days. But I, I've been there, I've done it. I must admit, being I'm not debt free, but like I, I pay my credit card every month and I, I've got a loan at the minute for my car. But in the last couple of years, I mean, two, three years ago, I no loans. The only debt I had was my mortgage. So I know how much pressure that can take off you, like if you can get your debts paid back. So it, it's not an easy thing to do, but you've got to just make the efforts to, to get it repaid. But I mean, I know for, in my personal experience, a much less stress in life by having little or no debts and uh, what a difference it can can make so it is good if you can try and look at the options and, and make your outgoings less each month it, it can have a good impact on your your sort of mental health and well-being as well good advice uh, and we all do this bit as well phil you, you find inspiration i know you do through various people that you admire and you do love a quote have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on clearing Christmas debts. I do. This is from a chap called Dave Ramsey, and it kind of just follows on from what I was saying a few moments ago. And the, the quote of the week this week is, you can't get out of debt while keeping the same lifestyle that got you there. Cut out everything except the basics. Good advice. Harder to do than uh, than you might imagine, I, I, would, yeah. I would think. It is. I mean, it's easy to, to sit here and say, yeah, like, do this, do that. But... I have, I've been there, I've done it, and I don't know, like, I, you've always got to try and spend less than you're earning, and I know that that might just seem common sense, but the amount of people that spend more than they earn is, is staggering, and if you go about doing that, it is, the debts are just going to rack up and mm. be harder to, to pay back. And the thing is, you can sit there and do that, and not actually, you know, you, you look at the, the debt that you've accrued at some point, and you say, well, how did that happen? We haven't been on holidays. We haven't, you know, we haven't done anything that was out of the ordinary or extravagant, and yet we find ourselves in this position. It's, yeah. it becomes I, I, put a post on, I put a post on LinkedIn last year asking people how their finances had been impacted by the pandemic, and it was quite evenly split. Some people had said that it had a positive impact. They were maybe working from home, and they haven't spent on travelling costs, they maybe buy it, they eating out the same as what they were. So, so for probably about half the people that responded, they were saying they were in a better position financially. And then there was about half that was like, no, it's had a, a negative impact. Mm. Um, I know for myself personally, my, my income's dropped over the last year or so. And, and it is, it's, it's kind of, when we're going on about debts as well, some people are just unfortunate that maybe they lose their job or circumstances can change. And, and I don't know, I mean, I suppose we've got previous shows that go on about like options for, say, income protection and, and stuff like that. But hey, is there, there's a lot, when it comes to money, there's, there's so many different factors and, and things to, to take into account. Everybody's story is, is different, um, but I, yeah. I imagine they can all lead to similar places. Now, um, Phil is, is really keen on, on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. Uh, we can 
ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week and contact details for you to send in a question coming up after this. Now, our first one today comes from Leslie in Newton Hill, and she's asking about insurance and cover, uh, specifically related to buy-to-let properties. Now, she's inherited three cottages, lovely, uh, which are used for, for short-term leases, holiday chalets, so people coming in for a week or a fortnight and then going again. She doesn't want to change their use, but they've been in the family a long time, and she wonders if maybe uh, they've missed a trick on what cover and insurance she should have on the cottages, especially uh, in this sort of COVID era. So is there a, a list, Phil, that we can advise on? You, you would want a, like one, one of the things you would want to make sure is that the buildings are insured, so if anything happens to them, you're, you're going to be covered. And the one thing I would say in that regard is make sure that the companies know that they're let out, but also how they're they're let on like short-term basis as well. The insurance companies get a bit nervous if properties are empty. Um, so it's good to kind of tell them what the occupancy rates would be. And I know a, a lot of that will depend on people going on holidays and supply and demand, but I definitely say that the building's insurance is, is one to, to sort out. You do get some of the, com- some leasing agents do like an insurance where th- this is not so much on short-term lets, but, they, they, you can get insurance policies that covers like rental income. Now, I think these are generally tend to be quite expensive, but um, for some people, they want to know that there's not going to be a null or void in, in their rent coming in. But as I say, I think that tends to be more on like let homes rather than on like this type of property that she's speaking about. And I'm going to I'm going to bet that as we go forward, um, uh, the likes of because of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, that's just going to be a, a big red mark in pretty much every insurance policy going forward, isn't it? They're just not yeah, going to. The insurers are way up the risk. And it's fine. I know people that have had that type of insurance when demand has been really high. You think, why are you paying for that? But at the moment, if you've got periods when maybe a property isn't let, it, the, the insurers are going to be more kind of cautious to, towards mm. that as well. Uh, next up is Michael and Air. Now, he uh, wants to ask one about mortgages, and I think this one speaks to a generation of young people who'd find our generation's experience of getting a mortgage alien and just frankly unbelievable. But back when we were looking to get our first mortgage 20 to 25 years ago, Phil, and, you know, not a joint mortgage, but individual ones, lenders were, were actually touting for trade. I mean, sourcing a deal wasn't the issue. It was which one of those that you were offered you'd actually pick. Fast forward to now, and Michael's case, he's married, but he and his wife, Claire, are living with Michael's parents for the time being as they try to cut back on everything uh, and save on the deposit for a house so they can get a mortgage. Michael's question is, is there anything else that he can do? Is he, is he missing anything? What's the checklist, Phil? I would say another thing that, that he could look into are some of the affordable housing schemes. Um, some of them you, you don't need to put down such a big deposit. So you've got the likes of the First Home Fund in Scotland. That's coming back out in, in April this year. Um, there's more funding for, for that. So it's, it's maybe worth looking at that. That's a scheme specifically for first-time buyers. You do have, the, there, there was like the, the help to buy scheme. Um, looking at some of the shared ownership, shared equity schemes, that, that's maybe a, a good thing to consider um, because it is like, you still need bigger deposits in general to, to try and get on the property ladder if you, you want to buy somewhere. And it is a lot of people are having to stay with relatives. They, they think, right, I don't want to be renting and paying all that money out in rent, yeah. so try and save that money. And it, is, it, it can be difficult to, to save, but I definitely say to him, looking at some of these 
affordable housing schemes, and in particular the the first home fund. Um, that's one that's that's probably yeah. worth looking into for a first time buyer. It's almost uh, it's almost getting back to that sort of Victor- Victorian era where you have maybe one, two, or or, or three possibly. Um, generations of family living in the same house on a different floor. I know. It's, you know, people moving back home all the time. Um, just a, a general word on mortgages, Phil, because I know that if we get asked about anything on this show, um, I don't know about you, but with me, it's always, uh, what's Phil saying about mortgages? Are, is the mortgage market opening up? Is it getting any better? No, nope, it's tight. So let's just get a general uh, sort of a bit of advice on that for the time yeah. being. There's definitely more options out there, um, more more lenders all the time starting to, to kind of let people, they'll consider allowing them to borrow a bigger percentage of the, the value of the house. So at, at the moment, it, it still generally tends to be up to about 90% is the, the maximum. Um, the interest rates on that type of mortgage are a bit higher than, than they, what they should be, but the, the banks factor in the, the risk to them. So if they think, right, we'll, we'll come back into that market, the interest rates are a bit higher than what they were, say, a year ago mm. for, for that equivalent type of mortgage. We had been seeing, I mean, a year, two years ago, we were seeing lenders come back doing 95% mortgages. One or two at one point were even like going back to almost 100% again. But it kind of, yeah, the moment, at the minute, there are more starting to come back, which is good. And I hope throughout the year, we'll start to see more options there as well, which would be good. Fingers crossed. Now, I would just say, before you get in touch uh, with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a, a fair few topics so far and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm Joe Millis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything that we've been talking about or uh, anything else financial, then find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or you can email Phil a question that you can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. Like I say, be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go a little bit further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.